0: you drink the cup drink not survey or analyze ponder or scrutinize from a distance but drink imbibe and ingest take into you so that it becomes a piece of your inmost self and not with cautious sips that barely moisten your lips, but with audacious drafts that spill down your chin and onto your chest, forget decorum. Reserve would be an offense. Can you drink the cup? The cup of rejection and opposition, betrayal and regret, like vinegar and gall, pungent and tart, making you wince and recoil. But not only that, for the cup is deceptively deep. There are hopes and joys in there too, like thrilling champagne and bubbles that tickle your nose on New Year's Eve and fleeting moments of almost, almost sheer ecstasy that lasts as long as an eye blink or a champagne bubble but mysteriously satisfied and sustained. Can you drink the cup? Yes, you with your insecurities, visible and invisible. You with the doubts that nibble around the edges and the ones that devour in one great big gulp. You with your impetus starts and youth like bursts of love and devotion. You with your giving up too soon, or too late, or being tyrannically hard on yourself. You with your yes, but, and I'm so sorry, again. Yes, you, but with my grace, can you drink the cup? Can I drink the cup? Yes The soldiers led Jesus away into the palace and called together the whole company of soldiers. They put a purple robe on him and then twisted together a crown of thorns and set it on his head. They began to call out to him, Hail, King of the Jews! Again and again they struck him on the head with a staff and they spit on him. Falling on their knees, they paid homage to him. And when they had mocked him, they took off the purple robe and put his own clothes on him again. Then they led him out to crucify him. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. They offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it and they crucified him there. It was nine in the morning when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, King of the Jews. They crucified two rebels with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, so. You who are going to destroy the temple and rebuild it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him. He saved others, but he can't save himself. Let this Messiah, the King of Israel, come down from the cross that we may see and believe. At noon, darkness came over the whole land until three in the afternoon. And at three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, saying, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? With a loud cry, Jesus breathed his last and gave up his spirit. But the truth is, we are lost. Lost into the empty day, the darkening sky, the sundered love. We are lost into the heartache, into the hopelessness, into the defeat. Easter familiarity makes for fake Friday the tomb safely empty, death safely undone, the Lord safely risen. We walk in witness behind an already empty cross, but the truth is, he is here, nailed, bleeding, dying, not yet the sunrise of wonder and the touch of love. And this truth is a gift to us. For we know the taint of death, the dying of another, and the death of a dream. The ending we fought hard against, the loss we cannot stop remembering. The anger at betrayal and the misery of grief we know in our flesh the sickness and the fear the unanswered prayer and the unholy silences of god we know it in others and cannot diminish it and the truth is that here is god not safely lifted high in eternal escape from our fragility not riding stars and rainbows, not safe and secure behind legions of angels and flaming swords, not vanished into the mist of the endless mystery of the unknown, not gone, but here, now, betrayed, vulnerable, fearful, lost, dying dead. And nothing now can divide us, for God is tasting all the worst that we may find Jesus. Remember us.